0: Welcome to SJEN TV. My name is Karen Nolkemper and I'm the host of today's program. And with me is Roger Class, popular pro-life author and steadfast champion for life. Roger, we are so grateful that you're here with us today.
1: Thank you, Karen, for having me on the program. It's really appreciate it
0: oh you're very welcome very welcome well i'm excited i just want to share a little bit about your background Mm -hmm. with our viewers before we talk about your latest pro-life book so if i understand correctly you hail from the midwest uh suburbs outside of chicago
1: yep yep born and raised still there
0: born and raised and still (laughs) there all right very good and then you attended notre dame university yes and then from there you had about a 30-plus year career in business yes Great! A oh, wonderful. That's a long career.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and retirement about five years ago. Oh
0: good for you. Yeah. That sounds great. Something for all of us to look forward to I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Definitely. Well along the way, um, so I understand that your most recent book that's out now, mm-hmm. A Cradle of Life, A Pro-Life Story, understand that's book number three. So yes. you're quite a, a prolific writer. You've had uh, not one, not two, but three books and before we launch into the most recent one I'd love to hear just a little bit about the sure. prior two books that you've written.
1: Yeah, uh, the first one was actually, while I was still in the business world, Uh, it's called The Three Books of Business, has a very long subtitle, Um, but it's basically a self-help book for people in customer service, sales and management, Uh, stress is a people approach, and also a service approach in all three areas.
0: Wonderful, sounds very, very helpful and very needed. Yes. Tell me about your second book, please. Uh,
1: Second book I wrote uh, right after retirement. The story was sitting in me a long time and I wanted to get it out. So that was actually the first thing I did when I retired. And there's a little bit of myself in the story and some friends of mine, but it's basically the story of uh, Philip, who was born and raised in Indiana, but he has to relocate to California uh, for the sake of his mother's health. And what happens then is he loses his support system because he moved away from all of his friends uh, and he was in his high school years. And when he goes to college, he loses his faith a little bit, but then things happen and he comes back strong and from that he's able to help other people around him.
0: Oh, that's, that's good to hear. And yes. I think a lot of people, fortunately or unfortunately, really can relate to the fact that oftentimes in college, yes. life events, et cetera, cause people to potentially lose faith or doubt their faith. So how can we get reconnected to our faith through friends and family and other experiences? So I think that's very relevant, and you hear that quite a bit in terms of people's college years' well, experiences.
1: many people, it seems like when they experience all this freedom for the first time, they stop going to church. or but. Usually toward the end of getting their degree, a lot of them have come back if they were going beforehand. And if not, hopefully life's experiences will lead them back uh, to their faith. Good,
0: good. Very well yeah. said. So thank you. I, know I encourage our viewers to read both books. I know I have, and I highly recommend both of them. One's a business perspective, and then the other one talking about what you just mentioned about life's experiences uh, during those college years and getting reconnected to our faith. So now what I'd like to do, Roger, is mm-hmm. talk about A Cradle of Life, your most recent book. Yes. And I've also had the privilege of reading That's this right wonderful here. book, A Cradle of Life, A Pro-Life Story. So, Roger, if you could, just uh, let's jump right in and sure. talk a little bit about that book. What, what inspired you to write that book?
1: Yeah, uh, this has been out for a few months now. And um, I've always been pro-life as long as I can remember. And I was fortunate enough to experience life in the United States for a over, little over a decade of before Roe versus Wade passed. And then I experienced what has happened for the last 50 years. So I really wanted to write a book that helped other people capture a uh, culture of life again in this country, because I've seen that has really changed. Mm-hmm. Um, recognize uh, um, that there is a child in the womb. It's, it's not a clump of cells, it is a child. Uh, so respecting life in all of its stages. Uh, another thing, uh, family values. I wanted to touch on that in the story. And um, those were uh, two of the main things uh, that drove me to write this book.
0: Okay, oh, that makes mm-hmm. a lot of sense. Again, those, those values and then realizing the truth about our faith, yes. that obviously and this is a developing human being. But then also one thing I really like about the book is you know, leading people towards resources, you know, back to starting with personal relationships. How can yes. some people in our lives, people who have helped to form and shape us, whether it's parents or grandparents, are oftentimes friends, especially during those young adult years, how those folks can play a pivotal role in pointing us in the right direction To not only understanding the beauty that all life is sacred and has dignity but Mm -hmm. then also looking at resources from counseling resources to practical resources i think that's that's key and critical and i appreciate how you touch on touched on that on your book
1: well thank you that's that's great feedback the the story is in a fictional context but it is based on a lot of real life or at least inspired by real life and basically what it is it's the intersection of four women's lives Two of of them knew each other since fourth grade, and the other two come into the mix later on. They do some growing when they all come together, and a few of them realize they thought they had their values down, no problem, and they realize maybe they could have grown in a few other areas through some experiences they went through. So um, basically what happens is these women do grow in a number of areas, and throughout the story, they do become more pro-life and actually try to go out and help others in this area
0: right what i really like about your book is the story with these four women very relatable stories very realistic to experiences that we all uh have had whether the people are our age people younger Mm -hmm. so very relatable stories i think people can identify with some of the characters and then look to see how uh, those people were inspired to overcome difficult situations where they went who they turned to how they found hope and truth admit amidst some situations that were difficult and challenging.
1: Ergo, the relationships you were talking about. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, relationships are huge. Yeah.
0: Right, I think truth is conveyed through relationships. I know that's something we had talked about before too. Mm-hmm. And again, where people oftentimes, uh, don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. I know that's yeah. a saying from Dale Carnegie, yeah, that's but I think it really uh, holds well regardless <laughs> you, you of time You quoted one place. of the best, I'll Well, it. good, good. Thank <laughs> yeah. you. And I think that's so true, and I think that's critical. It speaks to how we need to uh, have those relationships. And I'm thinking back to the years of the young women in your book as well as uh, people Currently, I think teenage years, both mm-hmm. uh, teenage as well as college years, looking at those young adult relationships. So, I'm thinking too for your book, you know, youth groups would be a great place uh, for your book too, or PSR programs for those kids who are those younger teens on up through older teens to really be inspired and to hear the truth in a way that makes sense. That's not threatening. That's realistic, and again, involving multiple characters with interesting backstories that give some depth and breadth to their character development.
1: Yeah, officially the read- recommended reading age is 15 and over, <clears throat> but the reason I put it at 15 is I think a 13-year-old could read this book no problem. But I wanted uh, the reader to um, uh, not to go too below that. Sure. Uh, because. The subject matter and everything—it's it, it, there's no profanity in the book, but it right. is there is some realism, uh, as you mentioned. Right, so. right,
0: And I think you handle this beautifully. And, and something else uh, that came to me in reading your book is looking at where we can find information from trusted sources, whether it's Grandma Turner—I won't give away too much—or no, sure. you know, or from Father Russo. Where can we find? information that yes. gives us hope in an environment that's safe kind of a counseling setting where we're first you know listening listening to understand first and then speaking to be understood i think that's so critical regardless of where we are in our lives to really listen to folks what are the needs what are the issues what's most important to them before we respond with resources
1: yeah it's, it's interesting you mentioned grandma turner because she kind of sets in motion in this story um because she wants her granddaughter to go talk to someone. And um, she basically insists on it, and she's got so much respect to the family that this this girl did. Right. But the thing is, Grandma Turner set the thing in motion, but she's from, like, a different era. Right. And um, so the person she goes talk to, you mentioned Father Russo, he is younger, and uh, he does understand a lot of what younger people are facing in today's age. Right. So he was a help, and then you can see he has him, his limits. Right. So this is when friendships are coming to play also. They're so important. So everybody has their own part to play right. in the story, and they all come through with flying colors.
0: Right, they really, really do, which is yeah. exciting. And they come through in flying colors in a way that's inspirational. As you mentioned, the friends kind of uniting, how yes. kind of divine coincidence, if you will, they all meet up, mm. these four young women, and how they can encourage and inform one another based on where they're coming from. Uh,
1: the, THE PERSON WHO WROTE THE FORWARD IN THE STORY CALLED IT DIVINE PROVIDENCE. I, THAT WAS GOOD. <laughs>
0: I LOVE so, IT. AND THAT'S yeah. SO TRUE. AND OFTENTIMES <laughs> yeah. IN LIFE THAT'S WHAT HAPPENS. WE mm-hmm. JUST STAY IN PRAYER AND STAY FAITHFUL. AND WE NEVER KNOW THE RIPPLE EFFECT, IF YOU WILL. IT'S LIKE yes. THROWING A ROCK IN A POND AND THERE'S MANY WAVES. SOMETIMES GOD ALLOWS US TO SEE WHO WE'RE TOUCHING. AND OTHER TIMES WE JUST WALK IN FAITH AND WE TRUST THAT BY DOING THE RIGHT THING THAT GOD WILL, YOU KNOW, IMPACT OTHERS FOR GOOD AND FOR TRUTH.
1: DEFINITELY. Definitely.
0: very true, very true. Well, I was very excited by that. Um, I want to just kind of expand our conversation a little bit. Mm -hmm. And based on your experience, because I know you've done a number of things in the pro-life world, Yes. maybe what are you seeing on the horizon in terms of uh, obstacles we've overcome, as well as exciting opportunities in the future? So maybe obstacles first. Yeah,
1: again, I was fortunate enough to live uh, 13 years before Roe vs. Wade happened. I had a really good taste of uh, the culture of life in our country, and there was one. We had a lot of challenges. I remember the Vietnam War going on in TV and the protests and everything. And uh, a lot of mistakes were made then. We overcame them later and um, started treating our veterans a lot better. Uh, So I saw that we have grown as a country in the last 50 years. But in the area of uh, respecting life, Mm -hmm. uh, family values, and in those areas, we we gone the other direction. And people a lot of people seem to have lost a culture of life, although I see it coming back. I really do. Uh, recent events, um, June of last year, there's a re-energizing re-energ- in our country. And um, perfect example, there's now 3,000 pregnancy resource centers pe- uh, a woman or a couple can go to for assistance. Um, young people now have a higher degree of considering themselves pro-life than they have for decades. That's all It's very all good. exciting,
0: isn't it? It yes. really is. Yes.
1: And uh, women that see an ultrasound of their babies, the chances of them um, having their baby are in the 90 percentiles. So there, there are so many good things happening in our country. Um, there is um, a lot of states are passing pro-life laws and some states are going the other, the other direction. So we're actually seeing some battles taking place in a number of states right now
0: and I think oh that just reinforces your point that the power of prayer we mm-hmm. need to stay faithful yes. and committed to prayer because there are different battles going on in various states yes so we need to pray for our legislators pray for those on the front lines pray for those behind the scenes just who are really wanting to get the message out that every life
1: you know uh, my state just sacred. had its March yes. for Life um, Was it this month or last month? Uh, I think it was last month. Well, it might have been this month. It was very recent, last couple of weeks. Anyway, um, a lot of people that were in the March Life actually went in to talk to their legislatures, even though um, some of them have a pro-choice stance. They still went and talked to them and they opened up that communication. And there was a lot of people there. There's, I counted, estimated over 3,000. That's a cool. So, and that was that was a good crowd. That was a good crowd. That's yeah. exciting. It, was, it is. And
0: yeah. when we speak the truth in love, that's when we're able to open doors, you know, when mm-hmm. God will open those doors. And we just stay gracious and kind. Again, we know that sometimes uh, it's an uphill conversation, but at least having those doors open, but being faithful and reaching out. And just praying for that gift of yes. holy boldness, if you will, it's just where we can go forward uh, knowing that, again, we're there to speak the truth in love
1: and i'm glad you touched on that because everybody should know that is pro-life should know where their pregnancy resource centers are right. you might be the only voice of pro-life that some people hear and it's important for you know maybe to have a knowledge base because you might run into a situation where you're able to help someone directly or you can help someone who can help someone else Um sisters of life which is a very good charity on the east coast but they're um, also in colorado now and some other places um, they have a good ministry for helping women that was did have an abortion sure. and are having some issues, and uh, they wanted me to mention their phone number. Sure. Um, for the healing ministry that they have, uh, the phone number is 866-575-0075. And uh, their um, email address is healing at org. So if you know of someone that is having a very hard time, um, that person can reach out to them directly. Um, they will start praying for the person right away and also talk to them.
0: So. And they are a wonderful ministry. I've had the blessing of getting to know some of the Sisters of Life, too, and they're an amazing oh, group yeah, of women, very definitely. holy, very faith-filled and, and very compassionate. So, mm-hmm. I want to echo your point about reaching out to the Sisters of Life. So, I know we're getting uh, close to our first break. Okay. Uh, one other resource I'd want to share, too, was Support After Abortion. Support After Abortion is yes. also another wonderful organization working with women who've had an abortion experience, giving them hope in healing. Excellent. So yeah, and at that note, I think we're about ready to take our first break. Uh, Please join us, we'll be back right after the break. Thank you. Welcome back, this is SJEN-TV. My name is Karen Nolkemper and I'm the host for today's program. And with me is author Roger Klass And we we wanted to pick up and let you know about how to get Roger's book. We were talking about his book before the break. Roger's book, A Cradle of Life, A Pro-Life Story. You can find that on barnesandnoble.com, amazon.com, and on Facebook, Cradle of Life, A Pro-Life Story. No dashes, no dots, no spaces. So Roger, I just wanted to share with folks where they can pick up your book.
1: Uh, The key word is Cradle of Life, Pro-Life for Facebook no hyphens or spaces, and it should come up. Good,
0: perfect, okay, good. I wanna make sure that our viewers definitely figured out how they can get their hands on your book and where they can get a copy. Thank so you. Sure, absolutely. Something I wanted to pick up on that mm. we talked about right before the break is mm. about resources, mm-hmm. how we all need to be armed and equipped with where the resources are. Yes. And I think you did talk about pregnancy help centers, which is wonderful, and that's where you can go if you have secure housing and maybe you need a stroller or a car seat or diapers and those are great resources. Another resource I want to share with you is maternity homes, and I work for Our Ladies in Maternity Homes. And what those are, those are homes where pregnant women and their children who are in crisis, they can come and live for up to 1 year in a residential setting. So for 41 years with Our Ladies In, we've been offering pregnant women in crisis. We've been offering them housing and shelter, Mm -hmm. hope and dignity for a new life and for a better future. And while you're with us for up to one year in that residential setting, not only are the basic necessities met of food, clothing, and shelter, but we have life skills training, parenting, budgeting classes, how to write a resume, uh, how to take care of your child. And in each of our two homes, we have a nurse, A counselor and a case manager, and again, you can live in that residential setting for up to one year in a trauma-informed approach to care is what we have there, followed up by two years of an aftercare program to make sure you're doing okay, that you're moving towards self-sufficiency in a way that's sustainable and healthy. So just a quick uh, plug and some additional information regarding resources that are out there.
1: That's probably, you know, a lot of those women, that's probably the most support they've probably ever felt in their life. When, I mean, if it's up to three years and right. they're still there for them, even after they leave the center, that's great.
0: Thank you. And that's what I love about the body of Christ, one body, many parts. And we all have a role to play mm-hmm. as we continue to offer concrete resources and support and to give the women the time tools and the resources they need, especially in our case with Our ladies in, those time tools and resources to kind of transition from unsafe or unstable housing to an environment where there's stable and safe housing, and then you're on a trajectory for success with all those other supports from the parenting and life skills classes, um, et cetera. So I just wanted to share that with you as That's well. Great. It's very exciting.
1: Yeah, I yeah. Uh, you guys do awesome work. And then uh, you did mention to me that they also offer counseling to women right. and they'd have an abortion and right, need a, right. need help.
0: Right, and that's so critical too because the counseling is such a huge piece and we do have a counselor in each one of our two homes and thankfully, too, um, there's a network of counselors. You'd also mentioned Sisters of Life, Support After Abortion, they have counselors. Mm. Um, something that I think is so critical when we talk to women who've had had abortions is to use the right words and the proper language. Mm-hmm. We talk about an abortion experience, someone who's had an abortion experience. So you're not defined permanently by that particular experience in your life. And then when we work with women who've gone through that, we talk about reproductive grief and loss. Mm -hmm. We talk about how abortion changes you, and that's a way to broach the conversation, not using hot button words, but to speak the truth and love that abortion does change you. And therefore we have resources, we meaning the body of Christ, resources to help you in the healing process to offer hope and healing. So um, just wanted to add that to what you were saying too, because I know we're on the same page in terms of those additional counseling resources.
1: Yeah, it's your your place of business does, covers it all. (laughs) It really does. Thank you, I appreciate it. And
0: I feel very blessed that God led me here. And again, Mm -hmm. here you are as a pro-life author. I know you've, read uh, read and written three books, I would love to, you know, write one at some point in life, but then that's where God is using you to speak that truth and then to do other things like pray on the sidewalk, to get involved with various charities, to ride your bike across America or ride your bike somewhere for pro-life charities, et cetera. Mm -hmm. And then he's using me right now too, just in my role with our ladies in maternity homes, but also have been involved on a diocesan level of talking about life issues and how people can get more involved in that regard.
1: You know, Karen, your knowledge base is huge. So uh, you're probably well equipped to help anyone you run into. Um, maybe they will confide in you of what happened in their past. And uh, so many people think, well, uh, people have to know if they're a sidewalk counselor or praying at an abortion clinic. Uh, they have to know a number of things. But if you're pro-life at all, you might be the only pro-life voice uh, of the people that you know here. So I would find out where the pregnancy resource centers are and always be able to offer that as a place that other people can go to. And they might be able to help some people and they don't have to be in front of of an abortion clinic to help anyone.
0: Roger, that's an excellent point. And I think a variety of the dioceses have those brochures. I know they do, I think, in both of our yeah. cities where we, we hail from. And what's nice is it's organized in a way with a little icons so people can see at a glance what services are offered by what facilities yes. and then how to reach them You know, online, uh, over the phone, however they can reach out to the folks. So I really like that and I like how you were saying be ready with that information. You can probably find that out at any Archdiocesan office. Uh, And I know I've seen some churches actually put those brochures in the restrooms or with the axe retreats and whatnot, the various retreats have those brochures available so people can reach out confidentially. I know any more things are online, you can Google that, but to have one-stop shopping resource guide or brochure is very helpful and that's a simple way to start a conversation and to equip people with resources at their fingertips.
1: Yeah I've seen them in the narthex of our church and you know somebody did mention once uh, that they saw one in a washroom once so maybe yeah. Uh, you know, whatever works. <laughs> right, whatever works. Obviously,
0: we have to have you permission know. to ask where to place those brochures, yes. or they would do that, but that's yeah. just a thought in terms of where those brochures could be made available. I'm with you, just to understand where the resources can be found. Definitely. So, what are you hopeful about in terms of the pro-life movement? I know we oh, touched I, on that before yeah. the break, so tell me what you're hopeful about. What do you see in terms of positive I, change?
1: I, I've got, uh, well, with what happened last year, it's energized everyone, and um, it was a great news. I, it's the best news I can remember in my lifetime of uh, Roe versus Wade being overturned. And I think what it's done is um, it's given people so much hope now. And they're actually going, I see uh, people are praying more about it. They're mentioning pro-life and in their prayers. Uh, I hear it more in prayer intentions during mass. Um, uh, Friends of mine that aren't Catholic or Christian go to church, they're hearing more about it. So it has. Now, at the same time, there's a number of states that have passed very good pro life laws since then, and there's some states that have gone the other direction. Right. So the thing to do is, uh, you said earlier, to keep praying about this right. subject. It's, 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 I think it's already been the most prayed about subject in the history of mankind. Because people all over the world have been praying about this. Absolutely. And, um, and so many countries still look to the United States for a lead. And um, they, they see some good things happening over here.
0: So. They really do. Yeah. And prayer united to sacrifice is the most powerful force on earth. Yes. Prayer united to sacrifice is the most powerful force on earth. And I believe either um, Fulton, Fulton Sheen said that or Pope John Paul said that, Pope John Paul II. I'm pretty sure it was Pope John Paul, so somebody will have to fact check or or figure out the source of the quote. But that's a beautiful truth that I think we all need to hold fast to, that prayer plus sacrifice can really accomplish many things Mm -hmm. in life. And to have hope from that, knowing that's what's happened, as you mentioned, after then 50 years, the overturning of Roe versus Wade almost a year ago in June of 2022. It's coming up on the year anniversary. Yes. And I think something else too is just to realize that Everyone can't do everything, but everyone can do something. And so to pray about where God is calling all of us to use our gifts and talents, whether it's to be a a writer, an author in your case, or whether he's calling us to pray uh, on the sidewalk or pray in an adoration chapel or speak to family at a dinner or to educate folks. I know um, just in my old role in diocesan uh, arena, we had four different pillars we focused on. Education was one, and again, maybe your book with youth groups or teens and all that. Education, then we had spiritual support, the importance of mass, and sacraments in terms of being shored up spiritually. Then we looked at pastoral care, direct assistance to charities. And then we also looked at public policy advocacy. How can we peacefully, prayerfully pray for our legislators and keep them informed of our thoughts and wishes as well?
1: All those four pillars would help uh, create a good positive culture of life again in this country. And it's it's weird to bring that up because I do see everybody I know that uh, you know, is pro-life, but maybe they haven't done a lot. It seems like they're all trying to do something extra now. Uh, a lot of them have families. They, don't, they only have so much time, but they see the importance of this, and uh, they are trying to do something extra. So I know some people that are going to church now a few more times during the week, and um, some of them are go- also going to a rosary if that fits into their schedule better, and they're mentioning pro-life during a rosary. So everybody it seems like they are trying to do something extra now. Because they, I think they've seen that um, they've got their own families, they want to concentrate on their family, maybe take them to church on the weekend. It's all important stuff. But I think everyone's recognizing the need now to, they have to get more involved into what's happening um, in, in society. Right. And And especially in this area.
0: (laughs) Right. We're definitely preparing for the future. Absolutely. Like Mm -hmm. you said, people are being encouraged to do more and God will open up those right doors. Again, I feel very blessed and led to where I'm at right now with our maternity home and Received the highest level of accreditation uh, 12 years in a row. And then we're the very first accredited maternity home nationwide. Oh, that's So great. I'm proud of that accomplishment as well, you, too. That predates me. But I'm
1: 41 years old? Or... 41
0: years old. We start in wow. 1982. Wow. So many, many decades ago. That's decades almost the ago. whole...
1: Yes. Time of Roe versus Wade. Yeah. That
0: is true. That yeah. is true. So again, I think that's what's exciting to see. People are getting involved and we want to invite our friends to accompany us. That's the whole bottom line is expose, invite accompany on this journey. Mm-hmm. And again, God will show people where they're supposed to use their gifts and talents to help support others along this difficult yet very important journey. So yes. It's exciting to it, see that. It,
1: it is uh, again, I, I hate to say it, but the other side is also gotten a little revved up. But um, overall, I see a lot of good things happening now.
0: I do too, I do too, it's really encouraging. And as we engage with folks who maybe have different beliefs, it's just asking for prayer support as we stay calm and mm-hmm. gracious and dignified. And oftentimes realizing that people, when they act out of anger, usually anger is the mask for fear or disappointment behind the scenes. So we might be encountering some angry language or angry angry behavior, but oftentimes behind that anger is fear or disappointment or hurt from that individual. Yeah. And to ask God, to how can we respond to that person? And again, first listen to understand, then speak to be understood. Again, I think that's another Dale Carnegie famous statement, but it does make a lot of sense that we're called to listen first, to I, really understand and then speak.
1: I do know a number of people that have changed their opinion on this subject. Oh wow! And they are pro-life now. And uh, I, I've read some surveys, some um, polls that actually a majority of our country is more pro-life now. Um, a vast majority is definitely. Um, what do I want to say? Uh, uh, there should at least be restrictions on abortion. But I've also seen some other polls that are showing it's it's over 50% now that are, I think, uh, the basic pro-life, yes. Right, so.
0: and I think what's been exciting is years of faithful prayer, as we both have mentioned. Mm-hmm. So people realize not only is this a human person developing in the womb of the mother, yes. you know, they realize that the mother's life is sacred as well as the baby's life is sacred, and we're there to love them both and to care for them both. yes. And then we're also talking about the resources which help them choose life because we're giving practical, concrete resources and real hope for the moms who are experiencing a difficult or crisis pregnancy. But then the last piece is the part about not wanting people to feel abandoned. Where can they feel like they fit in and they belong? And I think that's critical as a church community to offer that belonging. Go ahead.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that because that was one point I forgot to mention is, uh, yeah, sometimes uh, women, do end up going down the abortion path because they don't want to feel alone. Even though it's something they really don't want to do, right. but they don't feel the support uh, around them to, to go right. through with the pregnancy. So um, support from even a friend could mean right. so much and right. then that friend can be with that person and maybe lead them to someone like right. Our Lady's Inn if necessary or um, wherever uh, they will get the help um, that they, they want.
0: Roger, that was very, very well said, and I know we're getting close to time. I can hardly believe that time has just flown by. Yes, So I just want to remind our viewers again about how they can get your book. Yep, It's called A Cradle of Life, A Pro-Life Story. Oh, Mm -hmm. go ahead. Would you like to share with them where to get your book? It's
1: on barnesandnoble.com now. It's on amazon.com. I know of one uh, Catholic bookstore in the northwest suburbs that has it, and hopefully more are going to have it. But, um, I know uh, St. Joseph uh, radio is is looking at uh, starting to carry it, so uh, good things are happening with it. They, they really are.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Roger. God bless. Thank, thank you. you. Karen.